Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Hoosier High School Huddle. My name is Craig Crash Collins. We are joined by B. Scott, Brandon Scott himself, uh, and we are ready to get into this brand new podcast on the 3C Media uh, channel. So if you're listening in uh, on, uh, on Spotify, if you're listening in on Apple Podcasts, if you're over on the 3C Media YouTube channel, make sure that you subscribe. Make sure you're uh, you know hitting all those likes, hitting the follows, all the things you have to do uh, because we are finally ready to uh, get going with the Hoosier High School Huddle, the maiden voyage. We're going to talk about the girls state finals it's going to be an electric weekend of basketball at Gamebridge Fieldhouse and then we're also going to talk some boys sectional play as you know we're going to give we're going to give the girls their weekend here and then we're going to get more into the boys in depth next week but we are going to talk about some sectionals uh to look out for as those get underway uh on Tuesday so uh, B Scott are you ready to talk some high school basketball yeah I mean this is the state of Indiana and we are known for basketball in particular high school basketball i mean so much so they made a movie about it yeah i can't remember exactly what that movie's called uh i think it might be is it it's it's, indiana, it's just indiana basketball right it's not like it's you know a well-known movie or anything right yeah i mean it's not like <laughs> it's not like we all know exactly where that gym that they filmed the movie right. is located uh knightstown indiana yeah um, but- one of the teams we're going to talk about a little bit later is, is actually playing in that gym i believe tonight um in uh, Monroe Central with the boys team um to give you a little bit of a of a teaser for that um and then uh yeah it's not as if you know the Indiana Pacers themselves uh you know didn't do a uh didn't do a rendition of their jerseys so I mean you know pretty pretty well known so yeah we're dabbling uh finally in the uh in the high school basketballs uh so I hope you guys are very excited episode one and like I said, we're going to be talking about the girls' state finals. Um, and let's go ahead and get right into it here. We're going to go uh, 1A and go right down the list here. Uh, things are going to kick off Saturday morning. You've got number three, uh, Lafayette Central Catholic. Uh, they're 24-4 and four against number seven, Tecumseh. They're 19-8. and eight. Uh, We do want to preface this by saying uh, you guys know more about your teams than we do, so if we do mess anything up. Tecumseh please- is actually 20-8 and eight according to the IHSAA championship game notes. Got Gotcha. So, so everything kind of gets, we're every, off to a rough well, start. it's because, so what happens <laughs> is, is that like, I, so I go off of John Harrell and Max preps and sometimes there's discrepancy between those two mm. websites. That's what I was also going to get ready and go into, because I know like the uh, Indiana state finals, uh, like their bracket that they go on uh, or not their bracket, the rankings that go on are like one set of rankings, but the ones I went off of are the AP because like, it's not as it's AP for each class, because obviously like, it's not there's there's class basketball now, so it didn't make sense to me to go by, by the the bra- the rankings that are all lumped together into one. So I right. uh, you know so Lafayette Central Catholic and Tecumseh are both unranked according to the state finals program, but because um uh because um they are ranked in the AP poll, I've got them down as ranks. Yeah. So uh, it's number three Lafayette Central Catholic against number seven Tecumseh. There's been no prior meetings. 
over the last 20 years uh, or in the tournament. Uh, looking at LCC's path to Gamebridge, uh, they were in sectional 54. They won their first game 56 to 18 over Clinton Central, then won the sectional championship 80 to 35 over North Vermilion. Then the regionals, they won 61 to 43 over number four, Blue River. Uh, and then they won 48 to 33 over North Miami. And then in the semi state, they won 52 to 46 over number eight, North White. It's their fourth state finals appearance, first since 2016 when they defeated Covenant Christian in this in the finals to win back-to-back titles. They're also 3-0 and in state finals, so the program has never lost when they've made it this far. Uh, Fort Tecumseh, the Braves path to Gamebridge Fieldhouse. They were in sectional 64. They defeated Spring Valley 59-46. to They defeated Canelton 64-9, to and they defeated Northeast Dubois, who was number nine team in 1A, 45 to 38 in overtime in the regionals. They defeated number 11, Trinity Lutheran. Uh, they defeat uh, 67 to 56. They defeated number two Lanesville 47 to 46. And then in the semi-state, they beat number one Waldron 54 to 42. It's their first state finals appearance in state finals. Uh, you know, and then, you know, for the program, it's their first state finals appearance. Uh, so that's pretty incredible. I mean, <laughs> the farthest you've ever gone and you knock off the number two and number one team, uh, yeah. in the now state. you have to knock, try to knock off number three. So, right. So <laughs> we just write down the list there. Um, so what we're going to do, uh, in these previews is we're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a player to watch. We're going to do a key to the game. And then we're also going to give our predictions. So, uh, we're, I'm just going to go through mine. You go through yours, B Scott, and then we'll kind of discuss. Uh, so for my player to watch, uh, I'm going to go with Braves sophomore Jenna Donahue. Uh, she is 29th. She's the 29th leading scorer in 1A. She's averaging 12 rebounds, or sorry, 12 points, seven rebounds per game. In the tournament, she's averaging 15 points per game. She had 17 points, 12 rebounds, a double double in the regional win over Lanesville. Uh, she's also the leading scorer and rebounder uh, from that, uh, and went 11 for 15 from the line in that game against Lanesville. And then the semi state win over Waldron. She had 13. 13 points, uh, eight rebounds uh, in that contest. Uh, and only she and Cabri Oxley, uh, who is fourth, are in the top 50 in scoring in 1A, uh, and she'll have to be on point to supplement Oxley. So, I mean, you know, we could talk about Cabri Oxley. I mean, that would be a player to hone in on as well. But, you I'll know, be talking about her in a little bit. Right. So, well. you need, but you need those other players that'll help be that supporting cast. And I think that's really going to be key. I mean, you saw it in the, in the regional win and you saw it in the semi state win that she had to have some pretty solid games in order uh, to uh, get Tecumseh as far as they've gone. So, um, I think she's going to be the player to watch as far as the key to the game. Uh, I'm going to go uh, with the fact that Lafayette Central Catholic needs to limit the Braves' opportunities and force mistakes. Um, Tecumseh is a better rebounding team uh, than LCC. They're ninth and 1A in rebounds per game. They're third in offensive rebounds. So, I mean, you've got two uh, elite scorers in 1A in Oxley and Donahue. And so you're going to need to limit those opportunities when they miss, you need to make sure they, you know, it's one shot, you, they miss, and then you get the rebound. You can't let them get a lot of second chance opportunities on the board. Um, and you also have to make the turnovers count. If you can force them into some, you know, some mistakes, then that's really going to be key, um, you know, in, in, in if LCC wants to win the game. The Braves also averages average 14 uh, turnovers per game as well. Uh, so if the Knights, like I said, can limit second chance opportunities on possessions and force turnovers, then I think they'll be in good shape. Um, and so I guess before I do, do predictions, go ahead and give your uh, player to watch and, and key to the game, B. Scott. 
So when I was looking over, I, I was looking over the rosters and I saw Lafayette Central Catholic. I did have to uh, look just to make sure there wasn't an Anthrop on this roster. Um, you know, the first family of Lafayette, Lafayette Central Catholic. Um, there was not, just so you're all aware. I think the Anthrops have run out for Lafayette Central Catholic. Uh, but my player to watch does come from LCC, and that is uh, junior guard Tori Thompson. She's currently averaging 14.6 per uh, points on this on the season. Uh, what really stands out to me, though, is that she's shooting over 35% from three-point range. Uh, and what's impressive is that, yeah, she's the team's leading scorer, but she's not even the highest shooting percentage from the three-point uh, arc on the team Um that honor actually goes to uh, Caitlin D- D- Denning. I, I, I may not even be pronouncing her name correct. But um, when you look at Tecumseh, um, they definitely go through their set. They go, they go through an interior game. That is definitely um, how they, they roll. And for Lafayette, this is kind of my key to a game. So rolling from one end right into the other, all kind of rolls together. Um in order for Lafayette Central Catholic to pull this one out, one, you have to limit the opportunities on the inside for Tecumseh. And uh, two, you need to be hitting your marks out on the, from the perimeter. And they do have the sharpshooters that can, that can keep Tecumseh needing to really stretch the game. If, if Tecumseh, if, if the, if the Knights are off the mark from three-point range, Tecumseh can really go to their inside scoring and they can command control of this game. But if the Knights are hitting from all cylinders outside of the arc, that is going to force Tecumseh to go away from their inside game plan and uh, try to match score for score with uh, Lafayette Central Catholic. Um, I am going with my pick. I am going with the Knights of Lafayette Central Catholic. I just feel like, I mean, this, if you look at their, their size alone, they, 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 they're a bigger team height wise. I mean, the guard I'm talking about, I mean, she's five, eight, whereas the leading scorer for Tecumseh, who's their interior forward. Uh, I, 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 let me get her name back up just because we're talking we, we, Oh, Cabri Oxley. Yeah. Cabri Oxley. Yeah. Uh, you know, she is, she's five ten. So we're looking at our lead, a lead scoring guard at 5'8", the interior presence for Tecumseh at 5'10". Yeah, Tecumseh does have a player that's six foot, which is, you know, we're looking at height-wise and uh, women's basketball, it's, it's very much different compared to men's, obviously. But um, I feel like the size is going to be a factor for uh, Lafayette Central Catholic and also that outside shooting. Uh, that It's if, if you are interior focused and your the opposing t- team has sharpshooters like that, it's going to be hard to completely shut them down. Um, so I'm going Lafayette Central Catholic if they get hot from behind the arc. Yeah, I'm actually going to go the other way. I, I got the Bravos, uh, you know, continuing their uh, run. And, and it's I mean, look. I've seen a lot of losses in my day on, uh, you know, at the hands for, you know, for my alma mater, Cowan at the hands of Lafayette central Catholic, mainly in baseball. Um, and, uh, I was really hoping that wasn't going to be the case again this year when Cowan made, you know, won the sectional and got to their second consecutive regional. Um, but I, I just, I'm just enamored with what this Tecumseh team has been able to do. I mean, they have two top 50 scores, uh, which, you know, th- this game, as far as like the statistics go is a very evenly matched game. 
Um, and so I think that's really important to have two solid scores. And then I just also, I just like the story. I, you know, a team that went to the tournament, they were so, you know, obviously you take those, you take the six wins away. That they've got in the tournament. They went in. I mean, I know five games over 500 is, is pretty significantly over 500, but that's still only five games over 500 uh, right. going into the tournament play. They were 13 and eight. And so, not only are they 13 and eight, but they go into the tournament. They beat the number two team. They beat the number one team. And now standing in their way of their first ever state title is the number three team. So uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, really fun for them. Um, you know, and I, you know, I it, going up against LCC with their prestige in every sport, you know, you alluded to it earlier uh, as well. So I just, I got to go Braves. I got to go Braves on this one just because I, I love the story and, and I really hope that it pays off. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. That the story is awesome for, to be able to see a team to potentially knock off one, two, and three, uh, the ranked teams and the, the number one through three ranked teams uh, in class a on their way to a state championship. It, it's the, the whole story of the team that got hot at the right time. And that's what we, you talk about at, at any level, like, are you peaking too early or are you peaking at the right time? And obviously with Tecumseh, it looks like they're peaking at the right time. Um, but that is also one of the great things about Indiana high school basketball is, you know, everybody gets into the sectionals. You don't have to play your way in, which I know some states, they have it that way and they love it. It's super competitive. It makes it, some it makes states you them, have to with like, how like, like like, yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it makes it the, the regular season meet that much more meaning because I mean, let's be honest. It, it, it's a draw. It's a draw for sectionals here. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't really matter if you are the number one ranked team in the States and you are totally undefeated. You may not even get that first round by it's sectionals and the higher classes. So it, it also, honestly, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, and let's just be honest in a, a lot of years, the one a game is, for both men's and women's is typically one of the most entertaining games because the fan bases are some of the best mm-hmm. you got, you think, well, wait a second. They're, they're small schools. No, no, no. That doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Actually, that means more because, you know, when you get to these larger schools, they are like, there's a lot of schools around Indianapolis. So they have a following of just that school. Well, this, these small schools have the following of an entire small town and they all, they show up for these events. I mean, it, it's, it's really, it's really a cool atmosphere when you're in the, watching the one a game because of the fan following. I mean, basically if you drove through the town, I, yeah, there's not going to be some of these towns, there. <laughs> there's like nobody there. It, it's very reminiscent if you watch like old high school football movies from like Texas and everything. And it's like the barbershop shut down and all that. It's that's what it, it's it's very much like. So the 1A game is always usually one of the more exciting, exciting games, both on the court and in the stands atmosphere wise. Right. Let's go ahead and move now on to uh, 2A. Uh, you've got number 11, Frankton, 23 and 5 against number eight, Forest Park. They're 25 and 3. No prior meetings over the last 20 years or in the tournament. Frankton. Uh, it's uh, a, uh, a common theme here so far. No yeah, prior so- meetings. 
Exactly. So, which I like, I like when there's like, you know, schools meeting for the first time, uh, Frankton Eagles, their path to Gamebridge, they were in sectional 40. They defeated Alexandria 60 to 41. They defeated Monroe central 59 to 44. And then they defeated LaPel in the championship 56 to 41. Uh, their regionals, uh, they defeated Carroll of Flora 64 to 52. They defeated number two, Winchester six, uh, 60 to 56. And then in the semi-state, it was a knockdown drag out game. They defeated number four Fairfield 35 to 34. It's their second state finals appearance in three seasons. They lost 70 to 28 to Linton Stockton in 2020. For the Forest Park Rangers, their path to Gambridge in sectional 48, they defeated South Spencer 54 to 43. They defeated Edmondsville Modern Day 37 to 26 and defeated and defeated Southridge 42 to 24. Then in the regionals, they defeated Eastern Pekin uh, 50 to 46. They defeated North Knox 46 to 39. And then in the semi-state, they defeated University uh, 53 to 44. It's their first state finals appearance in 22 years. They lost 62 to 60 to Fort Wayne Lures in their only state finals appearance in 2000. So player to watch key to the game. Uh, for me, what I'm looking at here is uh, I'm looking at a good performance by Rangers junior Amber Treader. She averages a double-double per game. I mean, that's pretty that's, wild. Wow. 17 points, 10 rebounds. She's the only p- player on the court who can say that. Uh, she leads her team in both of those categories as well, points and rebounds. Uh, she also leads the team in field, free throw percentage uh, with 68%. So pretty wild. I think she's going to be kind of the big difference maker. Um, also got to give a, a quick shout-out to Emma Sparrow of Frankton. She won the 3C Media Girls Player of the Week last week. Uh, we give those out every week, so uh, congratulations uh, to her as well. Um, as far as keys to the game, uh, both teams play extremely well on uh, defense. Both allow 37 points per game on the season. The Rangers have allowed 37 points per game in the tournament. Uh, Frankton is two and three when held to 37 points or less uh, the this season. Uh, the Eagles have allowed 47 points per game, so their defense has been a little lax uh, in the tournament so far. Uh, their, uh, Forest Park is eight and two when uh, held to 47 points or less. So whichever team can survive a potential slower pace defensive uh battle uh from what it looks like you know i I think that's the team that's going to win now i think it is also like i said of note that the defense for frankton hasn't been quite as sharp sharp and i think especially when you're going up against a player like treader uh you know could be their achilles heel yeah i mean i when you look at this game it's hard not to look at any other player than amber treader i mean looking over the stat sheets you see 17 and 10 and it's just like that pops off the chart (laughs) immediately at you um, and then you see, you're like, oh, she's got to be a, a contender for uh, Miss Basketball. And it's like, nope, she's a junior. Oh, okay. So next year, <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking more about her next year. Um, so yeah, she's definitely my my player to watch as well, just because those, those stats, like I said, they're eye-popping. You just don't, it, uh, averaging a double-double is it, is impressive. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, so yeah, definitely Amber Treader is my player to watch. Key to the game. Yeah, like you said, both of these teams are really good defensively. For me, the key to the game is whoever can weather the storm early because both teams are going to come out firing on all cylinders defensively. I mean, these are defensive-oriented teams. So the team that can kind of make their way through that initial intensity because it, it is a state championship game. You come out with a different intensity in a state championship game um, in any sport. Trust me, I've been there. And um, so if you can weather that early 
defensive onslaught and not get knocked off of your game plan by it, that that's going to be key. And honestly, because of that, I have to lean more towards uh, Forest Park because of Amber Treader. When you have a player that's putting up numbers like Amber Treader is, that it that does help with weathering that early defensive onslaught that is going to come from the high energy of the game. Um, so my pick to win the game is Forest Park. Also, you gotta love their mascot name, the Forest Park Rangers. I mean, they just set themselves up perfectly for that. That's sometimes it just it it just it fits too well, you know. And to go off the beaten path of the the originals, like I was a wildcat. I mean, how many other schools in Indiana are wildcats? Right, pretty Quite a few, pretty, pretty common. common. Yeah, I mean, you said modern day, and I was thinking, oh yeah, the, the Evansville modern day wildcats had some yeah. really good battle. We had some really good battles with them. You know, the Lawrence North wildcats. <laughs> so uh, it's it, it you know, but. Forest Park Rangers way to capitalize on yeah. that. Yeah, that's just that's just understanding the assignment. I've got oh, yeah. I, I've got Forest Park as well. Um, it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of the uh, Frankfurt, Frankfurt hot, dogs. hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, or the you know, Speedway Spark Plug. Right. You're just like you know what? Like, There's just, no other way to do it. No. You got to do it that way. Um, yeah, I I've got um Forest Park as well. We're in lockstep there. Uh, they've got the best player on the court, Amber Treader, and their and Frankton's defense hasn't been as sharp. So Frankton, I love you. We it was a you know. It was a great ride. We loved giving you some love, uh, you know, uh, in the well, in the, and, and also, mean, yeah, it, it, you know, I, I feel like you could lean a you could also look at Frankton a little bit more, but like you alluded to, like you said, it's Frankton's defense hasn't played up to the, their season standard that they set for themselves here in the postseason, and that, that's a big issue when you're going up against somebody, when you're going up against a team that has a high scoring player a really good go-to if your defense is struggling in the postseason yeah you've gotten this far I mean that's great but you're really gonna have to get back to your your roots your basics in defense and if if you really want to try to slow down a player like Amber Treader so that's I mean that's why I'm leaning more towards Forest Park because of the this I mean yeah, they're still playing good defense, Frankton is, but it's it's not as good as it was earlier this season. Right. It, you would like to see them playing up to that level again, but the way they've been the past few weeks, it, it hasn't been up to the same level. Now on to the night session, the 3A state final, number this one. This is going to be a fun one. Oh, this yeah. This is probably going to be one of the best games of the whole weekend. You've got number one, South Bend, Washington, 26-3 and three against number four, Silver Creek, 26-2. and two. This is a rematch of last season's 3A state final in which Silver Creek won 54-48. to 48. It's the first rematch ever. 4-3A, which is pretty incredible. Uh, South Bend, Washington's uh, the Panthers, their path to Cambridge. In sectional 19, uh, they defeated Jimtown 67-12. They defeated South Bend, St. Joseph 80-32. And they defeated uh, number eight, Mishawaka Marion 76-44. In the regionals, they defeated Culver Academy 60-38, or sorry, 60-30, uh, and defeated Griffith 64-25. And then in the semi-state, they defeated number two, Garrett 66-39. They're seeking their first state title. Since 2007, they've lost three straight state finals appearances, actually. They lost in 2008, 2009, and then in 
2021. The Silver Creek Dragons, their path to Cambridge uh, in sectional 30, they defeated Scottsburg 62 to 36, defeated Madison 52 to 48, and number 12, Corden Central 65 to 56. In the regionals, they defeated Rushville 48 to 44, they defeated Gibson Southern 53 to 39, and then in the semi state, they defeated Chattard 54, or sorry, 64 to 54. They're looking to go two and two in program history uh, in state finals. The basketball program went uh, uh, both the basketball program as a whole, the boys and girls won last year's three, a state championship. Uh, so they're trying to go uh, three for three uh, over the last three, uh, three, a state championship. So a lot of threes to talk about um, in regards to uh, this state final and, as far as player to watch, we're going to plug the three CBD a player of the week again, because it was Mila Reynolds who won the inaugural one. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, is a Maryland commit. She's the fifth leading scorer in the state. Uh, and she is second in three a she's averaging 22 points per game uh, during that. Uh, run that you know where she got the play, player of the week. I think she was shooting like over fifty percent from three. She was playing just incredible basketball. Uh, she's averaging uh, nineteen points per game during the tournament. Uh, she's got a double double in four of the six tournament games, um, and she has just been an absolute menace. Um, you know, on the court is a big reason why this South Bend Washington team is just so doggone good. Uh, key to the game. The Panthers have a plus 30 point differential this season. Uh, last year versus Silver Creek, South Bend, Washington's 48 points were their second was their second lowest output of the season. Four of their six losses last season happened when the Panthers scored less than 50 points. Uh, they have failed to score 50 points just twice this season, although both of those games are wins. So, I mean, I guess take that stat for what it's worth. Uh, but as long as South Bend uh, starts hot and stays hot shooting, I love their chances uh, to get revenge. Um, so it's, it's one of those things where as long as they don't have a bad shooting night, as long as they are able to get their offense going, unlike what happened last year against Silver Creek, I think they're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Uh, you know, my player to watch is Ash uh, is um, I'm looking ahead in my notes and I'm getting my names all mixed up. <laughs> um, but yeah, Myla Reynolds as well. I mean, because the numbers for her are eye popping as well. Um, I mean, I mean, I got it pulled back up here again. Thank goodness. Um, I, on, let me check my notes. Also <laughs> six foot three, she's going to be the tallest player on the, one of the tallest players on the court. That is also going to be a key to silver Creek as well. They have how many is it? That's one, two, three, four, four players, six foot or taller. And height is going to be a real advantage in this one. Um, if you can control the interior and control the boards, uh, get up those high percentage shots, uh, that is, that's going to bode very well for you. Now, what's funny is that like, you know, Milo Reynolds, you know, she's averaging 21.6 points per game, 8.1 rebounds, but you know, you're like, Oh, and she's six or you're like, Oh yeah, she's a, uh, you know, getting a lot of those uh, layups or, just the, around the hoop, she's getting the, those easy baskets, um, but she's also shooting 35% from three. I mean, she's kind of a jack of all trades, and that's a type of player that's really difficult to stop um, that has both the size and the shooting ability, which is a very modern player. Um, so because of that, you know, for, Silver, for, um, for South Bend, Washington, control the paint, and 
just keep keep doing what your formula is because whatever it is is working and that is why i am going with south bend washington to win the 3a 3a state championship uh yeah they're gonna they're gonna split them you know silver creek last year and south bend washington this year I mean, it's only right. It's only fair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got South Bend, Washington as well. So we're, we're again in agreement. Uh, their average margin of victory in the tournament is 38 and a half points. Uh, and that includes wins over two top 10 teams, including the team that is ranked uh, number two. Uh, they uh, they defeated uh, number eight, Mishawaka Marion, by 32 points. And they defeated uh, number two, Garrett, by 27 points. So it's it's not like they've had these like knockdown drag out games. Uh, you know, against these higher ranked opponents or anything. I mean, I guess they're number one. So the, these other ranked opponents, uh, you know, in the tournament, it's not like they've had these, you know, epic matchups. They have had epic matchups. It's just been all, all been one-sided where they're epically, you know, just scoring the basketball and being insane. So, uh, you know, they're on a, they're a team on a mission. They've got a chip on their shoulder after last year's game against Silver Creek and, and they've got the best player on the court in Mila Reynolds. So yeah, I, I'm right there with you with South Bend, Washington. Um. So yeah, with that, I mean, I mean, we've been in agreement the last two. Uh, the only game we disagreed on so far is uh, the one A. One A. I got to come. Said so you've got a LCC. So let's go ahead and move on to the four A state final, the final game of the night on Saturday. I think it's an eight thirty tip. Uh, number five Noblesville. They're twenty four and four against number two Franklin. They are twenty eight and one. Noblesville has won the only tournament meeting all time, but there was, uh, but that was over twenty years ago. Um, Nobles, the Noblesville Millers path to Gamebridge. Uh, there's, they were in sectional eight where they defeated, defeated number 11 Zionsville, 62 to 46. They defeated Carmel 57 to 48 and defeated number seven Fishers 54 to 48 in the regionals. They defeated number one Homestead 61 to 40. Excuse me. They defeated, uh, number 10 Fort Wayne Schneider, 78 to 63. And then in the semi-state, they defeated number four Crown Point, sixty-two to forty-one, making their first—they're making their first state finals appearance since nineteen ninety. Uh, their only state title came in nineteen eighty-seven. For the Franklin Grizzly Cubs, their path to Gamebridge—they uh, played in sectional thirteen. They defeated Shelbyville seventy-three to thirty-six. They defeated Center Grove fifty-six to forty-nine, and defeated Greenwood sixty-five to forty-four. In the regionals, they defeated number eleven East Central of uh, seventy-eight to sixty-five, and they defeated number three Bedford North Lawrence. 58 to 52 and then in the semi-state they defeated mooresville 49 to 46 it's their second ever state finals appearance uh they uh first made the turn of the state finals in 1998 they have zero state finals so they're seeking their first um they're seeking their first uh, state title so as far as player to watch goes you know i debated uh, you know, with a couple of different players, there's going to be a lot of talented girls on the court in this game. Uh, but I'm going to, you know, stick with the three C media player of the week run that we've got going well, on here. I'm I mean, there's a reason why they want it. That's who I'm going with too. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard in shade, right? It's hard to ignore what she's been able to do on the court, but it's uh, also hard to ignore the fact that she's recruited and going to play for Gino at UConn. Right, right, right. I mean, Let's just be honest. It's, it's just, UConn and it's Gino. He only takes the best. Right. So, I mean, that's enough said right there. Only a junior as well. She's the eighth leading scorer uh, in the state, third and 4A. She's averaging 20 points per game. Uh, she's the only player on the court uh, with that average and is only one of two players in the state finals uh, with that average. Uh, so it's her and Mila Reynolds who are the, you know, the top scorers, uh, you know, that'll be on display on Saturday. Um 
She's averaged 21 points per game in the tournament, so she's had an even better state finals, uh, you know, state tournament uh, going for her. Uh, she shoots 89% from the free throw line, so she can do no wrong. Do not, if, Hey, if you're Franklin, do not foul number 12. Uh, it's going to be a bad time. The thing uh, is she probably knows how to force it and get to the line. Right, true. I mean, that also helps. <laughs> Um, she's second on the team in three, uh, three point shooting. Uh, she shoots 47% from the floor. Uh, and then, like I said, she's a three C media uh, player of the week recipient. So, I mean, just an amazing athlete and I'm excited to watch her, uh, compete on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what more can I say? I, like I said, she's been recruited by Gino yeah. and <laughs> not, I'm not, okay. I, I know his last <laughs> name. I just, Ari Oriyama. I mean, Ori Oriyama. Yeah. Oriyama. Yeah. Something I, like that. I'm not even going to attempt it. He goes by, we, everybody knows him by Gino. It's yeah. Gino. Um, so yeah, I mean, and you, now you're putting a, a future Yukon player um, in a championship game. I mean, come on. It's championship caliber. These, these players are, are champion players. Uh, so my key to the game is if you're, it, you know, Franklin, don't let don't let her go off you know don't let ashlyn shade go off on you it's it's going to be tough it, it will just because that's just uh, the best play she's she's the best player on the court hands down best player so you know actually you know what i'm i i say don't let her go off but then i realize you know what she's gonna get hers right plain and yeah. simple don't let any other players go off. That's that, that's the key. I mean, that was always the thing. I like guess growing up as Pacers fans, it was always, okay, Michael Jordan's going to get his. Okay, LeBron James is going to get his. Don't let the supporting cast get theirs. You can shut down the support. If you can shut down the supporting cast, you can win the game. Um, but when you have a player the caliber of Ashlyn Shade, it rubs off on the rest of the team. I mean, I, I went to I went to Lawrence North uh, from 2002 through 2006. They know they know a few things um, about winning championships. Um, hold on, you know the life of somebody in working in social media. I have to get somebody logged into an Instagram account real quick. Nice. Uh, so, Craig, go ahead and give your pick, and I'll give my pick when we get back. Yeah, no, you're all good. Um, so hey, I mean, that's that's you know what you do on on these live broadcasts. It is live, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, you know, my key to the game, uh, Franklin's lone loss uh, versus Westfield. You know, I, I wanted to take a look at that because I mean, B Scott, you're absolutely right as far as the whole like you you can't you you have you you can't you, you Mila Reynolds, Ashlyn Shade, they're gonna get theirs, and because that's what I was originally going to say with uh, South Bend Washington is like contain Mila Reynolds but you're just not going to be able to do that. You can't mm -hmm. contain Ashland shade. So I was looking at the lone loss for Franklin on the year. Cause luckily enough, Franklin, you only lost one game. So I can just, Hey, That's look easy. at that. Look at get, look at that game and see what you did wrong. And we're good to go. Um, so, uh, the loss was against Westfield 42 hey. to 42. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> home. exactly. Uh, the loss was in overtime. It was a bottom five shooting night in regards to Ashland trailer. That's, uh, you know, one, of, that's the key player, uh, on the Franklin side of things. It was their worst shooting night in terms of points per shot and adjusted field goal percentage. So if you're an analytics person, it was their really, it was their worst shooting night, uh, of, of their season. 
and their second worst shooting night in regards uh, to field, uh, field goal percentage. Uh, also, what's key to this is that Noblesville allows 44 points per game, and the Grizzly Cubs have only failed to score 44 twice this season. They're 27-0 and 0 when scoring 45 points or more. So, uh, you know, what the standard night of, you know, as far as their Noblesville defense gives up, uh, Franklin's used to getting wins with only, you know, uh, you know, 45 points or they can, they can get it done on a low scoring affair. So um, that's just kind of a key thing to note. And so my prediction, you know, I, I really wanted to go Noblesville here, um, but I'm going to go with Franklin. I feel like we're going to disagree B Scott, but I'm going to go with, uh, are we, yeah. are we going to disagree? We are. Give it yeah. away. Okay. Sorry. My bad for, I got Franklin. Uh, they haven't, because here's the thing. Here's the thing that kind of wowed me and tipped me back over to the Grizzly Cubs side. They haven't lost in regulation this year. All of the, their only loss came in overtime. So, I mean, you know, it's, it, they're, it's just, they, if they hit one more shot in regulation, they're undefeated. Yeah. And we're not talking about, you know, we're talking about a team going at, a, you know, going at an undefeated year. So uh, they're a team that shoots 53% from the field. Noblesville shoots 41%. The Cubs are the better three point shooting team. Uh, and they're the better shooting team in terms of points per game and point differential. They've got a leader on their team in Ashland trailer. I, you know, mentioned her a little bit earlier. I think she can, I, I don't know that she'll equal the same effort as, um, you know, Ashlyn shade, but she'll definitely be someone who can keep the Grizzly Cubs like in the, in the, she'll be able to keep up with Ashlyn shade. You know, you mentioned you made the Michael Jordan comparison, you know, as far as them getting theirs, it's kind of like having Reggie Miller, Reg, I wouldn't necessarily put Reggie Miller in front of Michael Jordan, but having Reggie Miller definitely puts you in the conversation and puts you in position to be successful. So um, I, I think that that's what's going to uh, end up uh, helping the Grizzly Cubs out. Uh, trailer is the set 17th best scorer in the state, sixth and four a. So they've got another great scorer in Ashland trailer who can go toe to toe with shade. And they've just been this amazing shooting team all season. So it just seems like from the numbers, unless they have the worst night of their season again, like they did against Westfield, they'll be in good shape. Yeah. So spoiler, I'm going with Noblesville. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like I was saying before, you know, real life <laughs> tore me away. <laughs> um, like I was saying, I, I, I grew, I went to Lawrence North back in 02 through 06 and, you know, they, they won their fair share of state championship basketball games. Um, when you have a player, the caliber of a, Ashland Shade or like we had a Greg Oden and a Mike Conley that type of caliber player rubs off on the supporting cast and the other players around them and makes them that much better because it's not just game day on the court when it rubs off it's the work ethic and the the practice the the off-season practices where it helps everybody get better. It's, it's the same way, you know, I wrestled. It was the same way we had a, a we had one of the best wrestlers in the country in our room. And that, it rubbed off on everybody. It, you know, he pushed himself. We pushed ourselves as hard as he did. And it, it pays off. Um, so that, I'm going with Noblesville because that kind of mentality, it, it, it's, it's a hard one to come by. Not everybody can ha have has a player that has that mentality to take it to that next level in their practice room or on their practice court. I call it a practice room. It's the wrestler in me. You know, we have practice rooms, um, but on the practice court, you know, so they just tend she she will make everybody else around her that much better. Um, 
And I think, you know, like I, I stated earlier, it, if you've been recruited by Gino, you have a, a killer instinct to you um, that shines in moments like this. And, you know, he only recruits champions. I mean, let's be honest, they, they're always up there contending for championships at UConn. Um, probably no different this year. So I'm, I'm going with Noblesville mostly because of what they can be with Ashlyn Shade at the helm of, of that team and what can, she can rub off on the cast around her. Um, and like I said, there, it, when you're recruited at that kind of level, it doesn't matter, you know, honestly, who you're recruited by. Uh, but if you're recruited at that high end level, you have a killer instinct about you. And she, I think that's what ultimately puts Noblesville over the edge on this one. I think this could be a, this is going to be a fun one, you know, as well. Yeah. I, I think, don't think, I don't think there's really going to be a bad game. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. Now, I think it's going to be a fun if day. If for some reason, Ashlyn shade comes out and is just cold, you know, this is the game that has the, this is one of the games that I feel like has the chance to get away. Maybe, you know, even 3A has a chance potentially to, to get away. Uh, I mean, looking what South and Washington with their yeah. <laughs> margin, it has it, that has the possibility to become a runaway. I think if I had to rank them in or like the, the give the a, get one of these games, the best chance of it becoming a runaway, I would say 3A is probably the, the most likely put it this way. They could get out of hand, but we don't expect them to because both no. all these, all these games kind of match up really well. And, and we're really excited to see what happens. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's going to be a fun day of basketball, you know, to kind of recap here, uh, you know, B Scott and I are in lockstep on two a and three a, we both have forest park and uh, South Bend, Washington. We disagree on the one a and four a uh, I've got Tecumseh and uh, Franklin B Scott has Lafayette central Catholic and Noblesville. So it's going to be a fun day of basketball and uh you know like i said with one a with lafayette central catholic you know i think it would have been a lot easier of a pick uh, if they had an anthrop right (laughs) (laughs) so shifting over now to the boys game first of all though we want to uh, remind you that you can follow us at 3c media sports on twitter you can like us on facebook 3c media go over to the youtube channel i mean obviously for watching it right now on the live stream you're on the youtube channel so thank you you're watching it on the live stream right now I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something that I always hear other YouTubers say. Yeah. Make sure you uh, hit the subscribe and ring the bell. Yes, um, so we would love <laughs> to have more subscribers and set up notifications for yourself so that way you know anytime we post new stuff or go live right here on YouTube. Right. We're going to have uh, some content coming out this weekend as well. So make sure you're locked into that. Also, 3C Media on TikTok. There's some videos over there if you want to go support the content there. Um, and then remember that you can listen to us. You know, Now that we're up and running, you're going to hear us uh, You know, through uh, the boys' uh, sectionals and, and state finals as well. Um, so uh, we make pol- sure you're- we apologize in advance. 
yeah, make sure that you're locked in, uh, you know, on Apple Podcasts uh, and uh, Spotify and Anchor and all that good stuff. So make sure uh, that you're locked into the Hoosier High School Huddle. So moving on here to uh, the boys sectionals, they get underway on Tuesday. So we're like I said before in the open, we're going to get more in depth with those predictions uh, coming up next week. But we do want to give out our most intriguing brackets some uh, brackets in the sectionals to keep an eye on. We're going to do kind of the same thing we did, uh, you know, with uh, with the girls' state finals. We're going to go 1A through 4A. So in 1A, for me, the sectional to watch, I'm going to go sectional 63. Uh, that one's going to be an absolute dogfight. It's going to be um, a crazy, uh, you know, sectional, crazy bracket playing out. You've got number one, North Davies. Uh, they, um, they also have to contend with number four, the winner of number four, Lagoti, um, or sorry, excuse me. Um, you have number one, North Davies. Then, uh, one of the, one of the opening games is number four, four Lagoti against number 16 or, uh, Orleans, um, Orleans, sorry. Uh, the Lions defeated Orleans on February 2nd and they're four and two against teams in this sectional. And the winner faces number five, Bar Reeve, who is five and one against sectional 63 teams. So you've got a lot of chaos happening early. And that's that's what I love. You know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna state this again at the end as well. That's what I love about these sectionals, and that's what I love about like basketball tournaments in general, is like it's kind of like the NCAA tournament. I love the opening weekend and I love the final four. I, I I'll watch the sweet 16 and elite eight. Obviously there's still good games, but just having all that chaos in the first round is what gets me going. And then I, I want to see who wins overall. So uh, just to all the, all the, you know, randomness and chaos that can happen in that sectional one, a, where you've got, you know, basically three of the top five teams in one, a going, you know, going head to head and only one can make it out. That's really intriguing to me. Yeah, I agree. Sectional 63 was is when you look at these sectionals that we're talking about here tonight, it a lot of times with these sectionals, it's the team it it could most likely produce the state champion. Yeah. And I know people love it and people hate it. Which I, I understand both sides. You love it because it makes for great basketball. But it's always then just eyes on that sectional, you know, and then the other sectionals get overlooked. People hate it because they think, well, hey, look, if the two best teams in the state are in this sectional, is there, there's got to be a way for us to get them to be able to face each other in the state finals, you know, like it just because the way sectionals are made up, it, it's like, Sometimes people think, hey, it's just not fair to the, the team that loses in the sectional finals here, or they may not even meet in the sectional finals. They may meet in like the second round of sectionals, and then a team that has the capability of winning a state championship or being a state runner-up, and boom, they're knocked out in game two of sectionals. And it's like, man, all their, their whole season that they put up a really great resume, just it's gone. And that's that's a common theme for, for these sectionals here is that – the state champion will, will most likely come out of these sectionals we talk about tonight. And that, that is, that's, that's, that's very typical. The only one I think that won't be it is the 4A sectional. Um, but regardless, it's always the most entertaining sectional. We'll get to that one here in a little bit, but yeah, when you have, I mean, number one, you have the number one team in your sectional. That's always all eyes on you. But when you also have a consistent 
state champion uh, or you know finalist in Bar Reeve, that also draws in a lot of attention on you as well. I think yeah, off air we were talking about. I was like, yeah, you know, there's always these one A schools that just kind of pop up, and you're like, is is that is that a new school? I'm like, I've never heard of them before, and I was like, I never had heard of Hauser, but you know, then I ended up walking the hallways at Hauser one time and yeah, they ended up winning the state championship and they beat Bar Reef. So yeah, Bar Reef is one of those teams that's, that's always in the conversation. They just have a steady program historically. So when you have historically steady programs, that gets a lot of eyes on you. And that's always a fun one. That's fun. That's a fun team to watch because of the history behind them. And you mentioned, you know, some of these, you know, big matchups, you know, even in the second round, that's where I'm going for sectional or my two a sectional sectional 40. Um, you've got a lot of you know, a lot of the ranked teams were spread out. Um, so that's nice. Um, there weren't more than, I think, like two in most of the uh, most of the brackets. Um, so I'm going to go with, like I said, a potential second round matchup. Number one, Monroe Central, uh, which could, who could potentially lock up with number seven, Wapahani. Uh, the Golden Bears, Monroe Central, they go up against Elwood in their first round. Uh, Wapahani goes up against Franklin, who did beat them back in December. So it's not like it's a guarantee that it could happen. But if they both win, we get a Bears team that at the time of recording this, they are playing at the Hoosier Gym. Uh, the game's actually probably over by now. Um, but uh, at the time of you know this live stream, uh, was undefeated uh, and going up against the Raiders squad that earlier this month was a point away from handing MC their first loss. Uh, Wapahani has the number two uh, and number seven scores in 2A, Isaac Andrews being number two, Aiden Franks being number seven. Andrews scored 29 points in their earlier meeting. You have the you have Bear senior Jackson Olam, uh, who is Monroe Central's leading scorer. He had 18 points against Wapahani. So it's a game that's in kind of my uh, area of the state, uh, you know, around, you know, Delaware County and that kind of thing so um you know i i wanted to kind of give that sectional a shout out but yeah i mean you've got an opportunity uh you know to have a pretty you know exciting game a a very very good game a game that probably should have been the sectional championship game potentially uh you know in that second round it's a theme theme. (laughs) yeah i you know i love like i said i love the sectional that has the number one team because when you're playing the number one team in your class in any, in any sport, I'm going to say in any sport or, you know, not really the pros because they don't, you know, have rankings in front of their names. Um, but any sport that has a ranking in front of somebody, the lower ranked team always plays up always. And you, you, you always have, you tune into the, the sectionals that have the number one ranked team because you want to see if they're going to get knocked off in, in sectionals. And because, one, if you're a fan of another school that may have to play them at regionals or semi-state or something like that, secretly you're rooting for them to lose because you want your team to have an easier path to the state championship, much like people do for the NCAA tournament. And then, you know, I want, I would love to see number one Auburn lose in the uh, sometime <laughs> before the Sweet 16. So, you know, my Purdue Boilermakers have an easier road as a two seed to get to the final four, you know, that those types of things. So honestly, because of how close these two teams played earlier in the season, I would honestly, in the second round, put Monroe central on upset alert. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which they, their game was canceled due to inclement weather. So they they uh, couldn't get to it. They couldn't get to it. Yeah. So, so they're still undefeated uh, at the Uh, the time. And they didn't get to play at the Hoosier gym. gym. Yeah, because yeah, they're probably not. Yeah, they're not going to reschedule it because it's no. late in the year. So, 
yeah, that's a bummer. It is a bummer. Um, but yeah, I, 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 this is, and also I, I see that I see Wapahani in there kind of a funny off story back when I was in high school, went to the regional track and field meet at, it was, well, you know, Lawrence North, North Central or Warren Central, all these like top track and field powers um, that be in the state of Indiana, especially at that time. And Wapahani was also in that regional. And my, my dad went with me and all the, the races, um, Wapahani unfortunately finished last in all of them. And he didn't, he, the mic, the mic system at North central was not the greatest at the time. So he was like, what, what are they saying is the name of that school? I was like, I don't know. And he goes, it sounds like they're calling them walk behind me. <laughs> I, was, he was, I was like, no, that, that can't, they, they're not, he's like, well, they're losing all the races. Maybe that, that's what they're calling them walk behind me. So every time I see walk, walk behind me, that's what I automatically think of is walk behind me. There's, you know, Wapahani was classified as Cowan's rival. I never looked at, at them as our rival because, one, they were always usually a lot better than us than most sports. But also the fact that, like, I, I don't know, I'd put Daleville or uh, I'd put Westell uh, in that category before I really go Wapahani. But we uh, if you if you think about like what high school kids could do with the phrase Wapahani. Uh, then you can kind of guess what they were known around. Uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> around Cowan. So, uh, but yeah, it's going to be an, an exciting second round game. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, for 3A, I'm going to look at sectional 19, which uh, was the sectional that, that produced, you know, that produces another, uh, you know, exciting uh situation here uh in one corner one versus number two in one corner you have number one john glenn they're 21 and one five and oh against the team out of the red corner (laughs) they are astronaut from the state of indiana john glenn (laughs) they are five and oh against uh sectional 19 teams they are 10 and oh against three a's teams they're only lost uh, is to 4A pin on the season. So that's pretty incredible. Uh, in the other corner, in the other mount, you have number two, Mishawaka Marion. They're 18 and three. Their only 3A loss on the season was to John Glenn back in January. Uh, the earlier meeting between these two clubs, John Glenn won 49 to 44. It was close throughout for the Falcons. They had three players in double figures. Jack Porter scored 14 points. He was three of eight from three points. Uh, for the Knights, they had two players in double figures. Richard Brooks had 18 points. He was four for nine from beyond the arc. Uh, so we could get a, we're basically going to get a or could potentially get a state finals caliber matchup in the sectional championship if both teams make it to next saturday oh i know see that that's what i was talking about earlier like i know fans of both of these teams are going come on like we have to face each other this early like no this should this should be the state championship matchup yeah to be honest. And it, it's a shame that it's not. I don't know how you remedy that. I don't know how you remedy that either. I mean, you, cause it's all based on region and region, yeah. yeah. which, which it, I was thinking tough. about that. I was thinking about that earlier. Could you imagine if that's how they did the NCAA tournament? They're like, okay, we're going to take the 17 t- best teams from the Midwest, the 17 best teams from the West, the 17 best teams from the East and the 17 best teams from the South. Uh, you know, we're going to kind of rank them all separately and then that's the teams. It doesn't matter. It's just the top 16 get in. Could you imagine? So you could have in like one bracket, you could have like 
Purdue, Notre Dame, IU. I'm just thinking of Indiana teams. Butler, yeah. I know they won't make the tournament, but you know Ohio State. All those teams would be in the same bracket. Uh, and they would do Michigan, basically Michigan be, State, Illinois. It's, right. it's basically, and when you get to that, it's like, well, that's the big, so that's the big 10 championship. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> in the East, we have the ACC and right. the South, we have the big 12 and the SEC. That would be the West. We have Gonzaga, West Coast Conference, yeah. Gonzaga and uh, the PAC 12. Um, so, right. yeah, but I guess, yeah, it, it is tough. I mean, there's no remedy to it, unfortunately, but that's, that's the, the thing about Indiana high school basketball. Um, of course, I guess there is one remedy, classless basketball. Go back to one large class and go from there. Um, but still, it wouldn't be fair because then occasionally you have teams like, you know, when I went through high school, 4A was loaded with NBA talent. At right. the time, I mean, I, I just off the top of my head, I it within our own conference, even four NBA players, four at one time. Um, but yeah, this that's this sectional is the state championship will be won right here, yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there's not much else you can say about it. I mean, that's it, just the, the truth. Um, you know, Mishawaka Marion, you've, you've seen him there before, get deep. I want to say, I, I, I want to see John Glenn get deep just because if I, I'm seeing a school named John Glenn, I'm thinking, oh, they're 1A. They're 1A. They have to be. I've never heard of John, John Glenn High School before. It's got to be 1A, right? Nope. Missed the bus on that one. Yeah, and then, like I said, there isn't really a remedy for it because the only reason it's like this is because these two teams happen to be ranked at the top next season. You know, they could be, you know, it's not like it's like, you know, college it's basketball so where some of the same teams could, you know, are at the top, you know, because of recruiting. So, right. I mean, you're going to, you're you, the next year, the number one and two teams could be completely spread out. So, uh, but yeah, it is going to be wild. Um, moving on to section, uh, sectional 10. That's what I've gotten for a, um, I, cause that one has four ranked teams again, chaos. That's what I love about well, this the one always is chaotic. Right. Always. And it was even chaotic before they restructured how this sectional looked. Right. So um, I will tell you, I mean, it was, it's always been a battle. This one has. Well, I mean, you know, for starters, I mean, you've got number eight cathedral who's three and one versus sectional 10 teams. They beat addicts and Warren central. They won the Indy city tournament with an 80 to 64 win over tech. Who's also in this sectional. Uh, you've got number 11th Lawrence North, the uh, fighting B Scots. Uh, they're uh, they're number 11. They're three and one against sectional 10 opponents. They defeated addicts uh, Lawrence and, and North central. Um, they, uh, you also have, uh, Arsenal tech who's number 15. They're four and one against sectional 10 teams. They defeated Lawrence, uh, Lawrence Warren and North central. They, they defeated Lawrence central. Get it right. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying they because LC. Well, right. LC. But I, I didn't really want to say Lawrence central, Warren central and North central. So I, I condensed it. I said, uh, Lawrence Warren and North central. So I, I'm just, I was trying to save our words, but now you made me explain it. So now it's, it's, I could have just said all the centrals. This is kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Kevin in the office. Why use a lot word when few words do trick. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> uh, they did beat cathedral 80 to 73 in December. Uh, so, I mean, you've got addicts and, or sorry, you've got tech and uh, cathedral who are one and one against each other, which is pretty yeah, wild. But- and, 
tech and cathedral that's gonna be fun yeah especially because i was gonna say that they were a little chippy at the end of the city tournament uh well, that it game, wasn't the players it wasn't no. the pl- it was the coaches it was a michigan what, wisconsin scenario what is it coaches here <laughs> right. calm down <laughs> it'll be come fine on. yeah the game was called with 19 seconds left and then you've got north central uh they did lose to fishers so they may not be ranked by the time we get to the sectional but fishers is a sneaky good team this year right and that's the thing too like i thought about going with uh you know that sectional with carmel and fishers but those are the only two ranked teams in that in that bracket. So, I mean, yes, you have two top five teams, it's but it's be caramel. Right. Oh, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, I also, this is a North Central team that did beat Ben Davis uh, for the Marion County tournament. Um, so that's pretty incredible as well. So you've got a lot of good teams in this bracket. Um, so you essentially, you're going to lead three of the four, a ranked teams in the sectional play. And like I said, I love the early chaos and I love the possibility of round three with cathedral and tech. So it's going to be a very fun sectional to watch. Yeah, this one was always fun. Um, pretty, so I'm trying to remember back. I'm pretty sure when you know when I was in high school, this sectional had all these teams, except Tech was not in it. It was um, Arlington, which at the time was one of also one of the best teams in the state. They had a player that I can't remember his name, but he went on to play at Cincinnati, and Lance Stevenson. No, it wasn't Lance Stevens. So, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, this guy ended up not do, really doing anything once he got to Cincinnati. I don't even think he finished his career at Cincinnati. But they actually Gunner won, Keel. They actually beat LN in the regular season. And it was a bad – like it was like for the sectional championship, I think it was my junior year. And it was like, oh, this is this is too close. This is this is like worrisome. Um but yeah, this sectional is always the fun one. And let's be honest, this is the one that's probably going to be shown on TV. It, it always is on uh, my ND TV and Greg Rickstraw uh, will be probably calling these, these games, but it is, it's always the one I, it, it, it's, it's a, it is a fun one. It's a, it's a hard fought sectional. Um, I just remember, you know, watching these in high school and then you would go on to regionals where you okay guess what to get past regionals you either got to beat uh caramel or pike um so it was always like okay if you can get past regionals we're going to make it to the state championship game um but yeah this one's a dog fight always and uh, yeah like you said the the caramel fisher sectional is another good one but those are the only two ranked teams Honestly, because these teams right here in this sectional, I, I just feel like they're, they're very evenly matched. Usually, sometimes you got like one or two teams from the sectional. You go, okay, this is the team that's going to run away with it. They're, they're going to come out of here. And one of these two teams will come out of here. I look at it this year and I go, it's a toss-up. I feel like any one of these teams could honestly come out of this sectional. I don't think this year, though, you will see a state the state champ come out of this sectional, but you could see one of these teams make a surprising run to the state championship game. Well, that will do it uh, for this week's edition of the Hoosier High School Huddle. Thank you guys all for tuning in to this uh, inaugural run. 
Uh, it was a lot of fun. So good luck to all the girls basketball teams competing in state finals. Good luck to all the boys teams who get underway on Tuesday. Like I said, next week uh, will be a fun one. We'll be diving into those boys uh, sectional games. Uh, remember that you can follow us at 3C Media Sports on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, 3C Media. Make sure you give some love to the 3C Media YouTube channel and TikTok. And remember that you can listen to us every week on not only Anchor, uh, but you can listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So uh, for that, uh, we uh, it's going to be a fun postseason. We're excited to be here for you. Uh, but until next week, have a good one, everybody.